It's a dicey topic. Nevertheless, we're talking about what it means to submit. Now, if we're honest, most people have no problem with the word. As Christians, we submit to God and as people, we submit to the laws of the land as well as employment contracts. But when it comes to marriage, that's when dicey can be an understatement because the best of men tout and assert it while women balk and resist it. But the reality is the word of God gives the kind of meaning that both husband and wife can embrace without threat and ultimately see their prayers answered, which means don't miss this week's episode of the Woman Pray podcast. To the grown woman, pray. To the woman looking for answers, pray. To the woman who's busy and just needs a change, pray. Pray, woman. Stop comparing yourself, pray. Stop grumbling, pray. Stop giving excuses. Stop counting yourself out, pray. Stop discounting God. It's time to pray. Welcome to the Woman Pray Podcast. Welcome back to another episode of the Woman Pray Podcast. Today we're talking about submission. It's a big topic that won't, I won't be able to cover completely, but we'll start anyway. In advance, I know it's a controversial subject as well, maybe even distasteful, but my prayer is that we'll understand what it means to submit so that we're no longer threatened by its implications and or feeling defensive, even demeaned when saved or unsaved husbands alike, quote, or when we as wives hear that wives are to submit to their husbands. Depending upon who you're married to, it can almost sound like the husband should have been given a puppy growing up or like a dictator was unleashed after the wedding vows. We started as friends, but now there's a demand for absolute power or absolute rule, which can make marriage more difficult than necessary, especially if your experience as a woman is on the other end of the spectrum where we agreed to traditional values in the home. But this refrain of submission mission is getting a little out of hand. <laughs> so he either comes across as insecure or just plain mean. When the reality is, ladies, we're all just doing the best we can in an area that's rarely taught, but is so needed by every Christian to hear. And so maybe my example is the sentiment of a small majority. But if we're honest, it speaks to why Christians must talk about submission before and after the wedding vows. Otherwise, it'll be the source of great pain frustration, contention, I'd even say insult. I mean, if I gave more examples for why there's this rub and tension, I'd say it's because either the woman insists on having her own way, her own plans and ideas, despite a husband's attempt to lead the family, or because a wife's difference of opinion is misinterpreted as being contrary or just plain disrespectful, or because a personality, not a behavior, is being asked to change into someone that she's never known or seen. Let's face it, there are plenty of women with type A personalities, which can make relationship with her very difficult. But when motives are pure, a husband can dwell with her according to knowledge. I mean, he knows who he married when he picked her. But if her motives and behaviors are impure, well, all I can think about is the taming of the shrew. <laughs> 
That's a movie from many, many years ago. So we'll move on. But watch this. If neither a husband nor wife know or appreciate what it means to submit, the God established and God ordained covenant that we call marriage will be very distasteful because the meaning of love is being filtered through opinions or culture and feelings rather than the scriptures. And if that happens, then anger and pride will be on display. The order God established for the union will be lost because both are asserting rights and privileges. And worst of all, regardless of how strong you are as a Christian, answers to your prayers will be unlikely. But if both husband and wife lock into what submission means based upon scripture and willingly yield to communicate personal needs while being patient with the other, not only will conflict end, but a blessing will rest upon the union and the whole family will be healthy, strong, even more. Our prayers as Christians can be very effective. It's the ideal and the devil knows it. So the button he may push to fracture and strain your marriage is submission because though it's God's way, it's not easy. It's not easy because it's a call to selflessness, a call to love and respect imperfect people. I've been in a marriage covenant for 28 years. While single, I never gave much thought to submission because I thought my fairly docile, easygoing and easy to get along nature or compliant disposition was submission. I was using my feelings and my opinion to define what submission was. So when marriage and ministry began, the word submission was heard far more times than I thought plausible. In fact, it was hurtful. It was hurtful, one, because I was hearing him say inadequacies each time it was brought up. And two, because like love, if I couldn't submit to this man, how was I going to submit to God? the one I absolutely wanted to please. And here's the thing, I could have been submitting, but because no one really knew how to define the word objectively instead of subjectively, in retrospect, I think there were far more arguments and unnecessary feelings of offense than a Christian couple should have had. The reality is everyone has a different expectation for what submission is. And so while one man, why he may define submission as simply doing what one is told, another wants simply to be regarded, to be heard and not ignored. Both speak to the respect that men need at varying levels, and they should be considered. That is how your husband personally defines respect and how he feels respected is important to the health of your union. But scripture doesn't just say to submit, it also includes the how. And the how is what your husband is looking for. So the meaning of submission is not subjective at all. Interestingly enough, the how is found in what it means for every Christian to submit to God. And if we submit to God, then generally you'll meet his needs, regardless of his temperament and personality, and he'll meet yours. And so we need the scriptures because the scripture, the word says the entrance of his word brings light. In other words, it brings understanding. 
And so let's get understanding that as Christians, we're introduced to the God who made a covenant with us as his people. And based upon who he is and his desire, he told Israel in the Old Testament, specifically the book of Numbers, to hear that the Lord their God is one and that they should love the Lord with all their heart, soul, mind and strength. It was a clear directive also reiterated in the New Testament and the Gospel of John, as well as first John, both tell us how both let us know that our God receives love through our obedience. I would add that the Old Testament also reveals how he receives love and it's in our acknowledging that there is only one God and that's the definition of respect. It's the how to loving God and the how to submitting life to him. Even more, it's the how in loving wives and giving respect to husbands. When I respect God as the only wise and true God, the King, eternal, immortal, invisible, infinite and sovereign, it means that I no longer need to search for another. He is the go to my source. And when I demonstrate confidence in him and set expectations for him based upon his position in my life, that dependence and regard is translated as trust. It demonstrates what you believe. And that's the position God wants in your life. He wants us to demonstrate our submission. So respect, regard and esteem are proved by our actions, my attitudes, behaviors and response. I'll treat God like there is truly appreciation. I won't be dismissive. I'll rely on him because there's that's where my dependence is. There's no autonomy. I'll give him attention. I won't neglect what he desires. Now, when I mimic any level of the same meaning of submission to God onto my husband, wouldn't the feel, wouldn't they feel good about the wife of their youth? I mean, whoa, he'll feel respected because you're deferring to him, which I would say makes him feel wanted and needed, makes him feel like a king in his castle, even if the castle is a one bedroom apartment. And watch this. The father responds to us based on our our expression. He he responds based on how expressive we are in demonstrating this kind of love and honor and respect. Remember, James says, if we draw near to him, he draws near to us. The converse is also true. If we don't draw near, well, we'll feel his absence in life. If we're lackluster in coming near him, and half-hearted in seeking him first, the answer to our prayers may be labored. But if I seek him in the way that he's communicated, where he receives honor, then honor is possible. God said in 1 Samuel 2, those who honor me, I will honor, and those who despise me, I will lightly esteem. The New Testament reiterates the same. Matthew saying, seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and those things come. So don't seek, things don't come. Any wonder then how this kind of respect is what husbands desire from their wives. So stop the stalemate. Our men are made in the image of God and are like him in wanting the kind of covenant with their bride where she sees him, where she demonstrates confidence in their decisions, their opinions and their knowledge. And if we can demonstrate this kind of esteem or respect for them, they're affirmed, not dismissed or overruled because you've chosen another, even if the other is yourself.
Instead, they're celebrated, not criticized, encouraged, not chastened or chastened. They're appreciated and not dismissed. If we're talking about the husband who interprets submission as obedience, well, that can be hard, but let's consider God's love language, which is also obedience. The desire for his people to willingly yield or submit to his will instead of their own. Hmm. And as believers, following and deferring means dying to self. But remember, he's given us free will. So we're not talking about the obedience of a dog to his master. No. And I'm sure you heard my pup. <laughs> no, we're talking about obedience that is agreeable enough to do life his way when we don't understand, when we don't like it and when we prefer something else. But we have a nevertheless mentality just like Jesus. Nevertheless, not my will be done, but yours be done. That's the sentiment that every man and woman, husband and wife should have as a Christian. And if I take a moment to talk to husbands who are to love their wives like Christ loves the church where he gave himself, the submission of Christ to be obedient to death for a hostile people is the same level of submission to God that your father calls you to. That is to love your wife and give yourself over and over and over again, because as long as she lives, the covenant made to her was the commitment to follow Christ's example in his love for the church. And the scripture says that he loves us with an everlasting love. So man, regardless of what your wife does or does not do, and woman, regardless of what your husband does or does not do, we are people of faith. And we individually have a directive from scripture to submit to him. This means your love for God constrains you to obey and follow his will and way in your marriage. We submit as imitators of Christ who walked in love and gave himself as an offering and a sacrifice for a sweet smelling aroma. And this is true whether wives appreciate the effort and sacrifice made for them or not. We love God based upon how scripture tells us. And you may be saying, well, she's so fickle. But let me remind you, so is the church. Yet Christ gave himself while we were still sinners. And when you demonstrate the same by your free will to love your wife because of your love for God, that's submission to him and loving your wife. Even more, it's sincere worship, a fragrant offering. And when you woman esteem, respect or submit to your husband using your free will to love God, that submission is again sincere worship, a fragrant offering. See, worship exceeds the singing of a song or the lifting of hands. Worship is to adore, appreciate, dote or applaud. And watch this. In the same way that God receives worship as the one true and only wise God, man, your wife needs you to venerate her because she's made after her father, too. So when Jesus gave himself, his blood sanctified and cleansed the church so that we can be presented to God without spot, blemish or wrinkle so that the church would be glorious and holy.
Well, wives need the same kind of covering that protects her from the blemish of this world. So husbands are called to wash her with the water of the word. In other words, when you dote on her, adore her, address her concerns using God's promise, reassure her of God's faithfulness, you're washing away insecurities and uncertainties. You're stabilizing your wife in Christ and ultimately you're stabilizing your whole house. But more than anything, you're demonstrating love, your love for her, which is tangible, just as God made a tangible expression of love to us in giving his son. Notice the same response God needs from those that love him is the same response men need to experience respect from their wives and the same response women need to feel loved by their husbands. It's the how to the mystery of marriage. Marriage calls wives to submit to their husbands because this is right. And it calls husbands to love their wives. But Christianity calls for believers to submit to God. So while marriage symbolizes Christ in the church, when we submit to him, it is the how to loving God rightly and the having of peace in your home so that you are truly heirs to the grace of life. Let's pray. Father, we thank you so much for your promise that the two shall become one flesh and yet it's all a mystery. And so I pray for every marriage here that is struggling, every marriage that feels like it's too much and I cannot make it. I commit them unto you, Father, and I pray that you would show each of them how to submit to you, how to look to your word and apply your word so that there is no longer a marriage done in their own strength in their own power and in their own might, but each are led by your spirit to love themselves and love one another as Christ loved the church and to love according to your word, where we are patient and kind, bearing with one another, encouraging one another while it's called today so that we are truly walking with the fruit of the spirit to one another. And so I commit each of the couples on this, on this podcast to you, every woman unto you. And I pray that you would continue to reveal yourself to her and to us so that we are truly surrendered to you first so that we can submit to our husbands. Thank you, Father, for grace that is sufficient for each one of our lives and for your mercy that helps us through the process. In Jesus's name, amen. Well, I'm so glad that you've joined me today. Before you go, let me just give you a couple of announcements. And the first is I want to remind you to come to the next gathering. It's taking place June 16th. You can come online or you can come in person. But I want to invite you to seek the face of God with me as we will pursue our father together. I know you're going to be blessed. I also want to encourage you to come to womanpray.com and see all of the activities that we have going on because I know it's going to bless your life. We're right now in a cycle of mentoring. The next cycle will take place. Um, next cycle will take place in October. So you can prepare now by going to womanpray.com to, to, to get ready. And then I want you to consider what does it look like for you to not just be mentored, but what does it look like to come to an intensive? That's always going to be in a city nearest you. Our next one is scheduled to be in 
the Michigan area, and I hope that you'll join me. That's Friday, uh, June 16th for the gathering. That's uh, September for the next intensive, and mentoring will begin again in October. So you have plenty of things to mark your calendar for, and I hope that you'll join me because I really do believe that we'll make a difference in who you are as a woman and what it means to have the favor of God upon your life. God doesn't withhold any good thing from them that walk uprightly before him. So if we're not seeing answers the way he promised, then we have to look and, and truly survey our hearts to find out, wait a minute, what's missing? And I'm here to support you. I hope that has blessed your life. And I look forward to seeing you next week on the Woman Pray Podcast.